0: So, how does your voice feel today? Great? Not so great? Well, there might be a hidden reason for that. I'm going to give you 11 factors today that just might surprise you, so listen up. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. I can fix ya, I can teach you. Absolutely everything affects your voice. You probably know that what you eat and how much water you've had matters, but everything else does too. For this episode, off the top of my head, I came up with 11 sneaky voice affecting factors to consider. Let's start with number one, your clothes. My student came to her first vocal session dressed to the nines Her tight dress had a waist cinched up like an old-fashioned Barbie doll, making opening the bottom of her ribcage and breath, inhale, support, and control all difficult. But she learned fast. She's a smart cookie. For her next vocal session, she arrived in sweatpants. You know, how you look and feel in the studio and on stage is important. Yes, it can help your voice if you feel confident about the way you look Because if you aren't confident, you'll tend to tighten or slump around your core, and you'll numb out your body or facial language. And then there are those outfits that help define your artistic persona for your career. But the thing is, you need to balance feeling pretty or handsome with feeling physically unobstructed. And guess what? For singing and speaking, how you sound matters more than how you look. For every one of these points, I'm going to give you some workarounds. The workarounds for this one. Okay, if you're questioning, do I wear the wool jacket or the soft cotton? Do I wear the figure flattering clothes or the loose and flowing shirt? Should I put on a waist or hip belt? Well, as you pick out what you're going to wear, remember that for best results in performance, you need to ask your voice what it wants. Surprising factor number two, your shoes. If your shoes don't fit really well, you'll be distracted by how your feet feel. Your boots need to fit your feet like a soft but sturdy glove. The front of your footwear shouldn't cramp your toes when you move your feet. The heels of your shoes matter a ton. If they're too high, low, or the slant of your foot is wrong when you wear them, they'll create breathing problems pain, and distraction. If like Tina Turner or Dolly Parton, you're used to wearing high heels all day, then your Achilles tendon may actually have grown to be short and flat shoes may cause you pain. If like me though, you don't wear stilettos much, then your Achilles is going to be longer and wearing those heels for long will cause you pain and fatigue in your feet and your legs. Any shoe that causes you to have an increased sway back will be a problem for your breath too, and therefore for your voice. So here are the workarounds for number two. In the studio, if I come in shoes that don't feel great, I make sure I'm wearing or taking socks in my purse, and then I just take those shoes off. I've done that on stage too, But be careful. I remember when I took my shoes off halfway through my Austin City Limits show and had to do my last songs with a big splinter in my foot and pretend it wasn't there. (laughs) For stage now, I have boots and high heels, which are a bit of an illusion. The soles are thick for height, and the heels are thick also for my ankle safety. Voices do not like twisted ankles. For the studio, I like to wear brands like Skechers footwear because they simulate feeling barefoot, which my voice likes the best. When trying on potential performance shoes, walk around and be sure they make your spine, your legs, and your voice feel great. And that's for singers and speakers. In fact, when you practice performance, it's a good idea to try on the shoes you think you're going to be wearing just to make sure they make your voice feel great. Surprising factor number three, if, when, and how you do physical exercise. Your voice needs your body to be in shape. Aerobic exercise, core exercise, stretching, and weightlifting can all help your voice if you do them at the right time with great form. Exercising too long and hard before significant vocal practice or performance will be counterproductive because of the tension and physical fatigue which reduces your ability to control and support your voice. How you lift free weights can affect your neck and shoulders. If you've ever tried to sing with a crick in your neck, you'll realize how tension and pain in those muscles and the limited movement that that causes can sabotage your voice by affecting your throat channel and even your breathing. Workarounds for point three. Strengthen your neck and shoulders with exercise for sure, but avoid excessive weight lifting that over tightens those muscles and restricts your larynx. Also, don't grunt. Uh, Do glottal stops, they call it also. Your vocal cords are not made to lift those weights, so don't make them do the work. Surprising point number four pain in your big toe and anything else that hurts gout, stumping your toe, menstrual cramps, a headache, pain anywhere will cause compensatory muscular tension and mental distraction. It hurts. Your voice will not be at its best when the focus of your brain is otherwise occupied. Workarounds for this point. Of course, get to the bottom of the pain issue. For headaches, if you'd like to avoid taking too many NSAIDs, You might try something I've used on my students and myself that really works for most of them, which is putting peppermint or eucalyptus oil on the temples, occipital bone, forehead, and upper lip. This will often take the headache away and also deliver a boost of energy. Your voice doesn't mind that you smell like a peppermint patty. Just be careful not to rub your eyes after you apply the oil. Mm, Ask me how I know. Surprising point number five, your emotional state. When you're sad, depressed, angry, or anxious, your voice doesn't work as well as when you're centered, confident, and positive. This is because your emotional state will somehow be reflected in your body language. Fight or flight brain or giving up brain will create protect mode that closes in your rib cage and throat and moves your power center up too high in your body. Your expectation of how your performance will go, how well you'll hit a high or a low note, how you might hurt your voice, that expectation will negatively impact your vocal ability too. Fear is a particular saboteur. It can cause tension in your throat and even in your diaphragm, which will affect your breath and vocal control. It caused partial vocal cord paralysis in one woman that I worked with. While I can't promise this result for everybody, three weeks after we started working to relax her mind, give her confidence, and connect her mind to her body and her voice correctly, she went back to the doctor that diagnosed her and found that her paralysis had disappeared. Here are the workarounds for some emotional states that are counterproductive for your voice. Act as if and ye shall be. You can use this wisdom to change your state of mind, and then your refocused mind-body voice connection can improve your performance dramatically and immediately. A good therapist or intuitive vocal coach can help you defeat your particular invisible foes. It's just important to know that you need to work with someone you trust to have good information. Surprising factor number six your hormones. According to Samib Kadekia, Dave Carlson, and Robert T. Sadilov, in an article on hormones for the Journal of Singing, the voice is exquisitely sensitive to changes in the hormonal milieu. Androgens, progesterone, and estrogen cause changes in the larynx as females and males go through puberty, along with degrees of muscle and ligament bulk, and resulting vocal range extension into adulthood. We recognize the somewhat clumsy adjustments that males go through that result in their voice cracking and the need for careful training through the voice change. For females, cyclical changes in the hormones cause fluctuations in all kinds of areas, such as edema and blood flow in the laryngeal structures, acid reflux, and mental anxiety, PMS. Higher levels of androgens can cause a drop in the female voice after menopause. But I want to tell you something. I'm in my sixth decade now, and I have a wider range than ever in my life, including extension at the top of my head voice. I can now vocalize from a C3 way down there with the men to an E6 way up there with the high sopranos. So don't use this as an excuse for settling for a limited voice. Thyroid hormones can also affect the vocal apparatus. Both hypo- and hyperthyroidism can cause hoarseness. Several other hormones influence your voice, which you can read about in that article that I will put in the show notes. Here are some workarounds for this important point. If you have mysterious vocal limitations, you might want to have a doctor do a thorough check of your hormone levels. Some are and should be cyclical. Some may warrant medication to correct. The other thing you can do is train and use your voice. Your fluctuating hormones may limit your outer edges, but your practical vocal range should be just fine. Sing and speak to your heart's content. Just be careful to habitually use healthy vocal technique whenever you make a sound. And surprising factor number seven is what somebody just said to you. Okay, we creatives tend to pay attention to things we should ignore. Here are some saboturing words that others can throw our way. Are you nervous? Someone says right before you go on stage. Oh, don't mind me. I just want to watch. Said by a distracting, superfluous control room visitor as you head back to the vocal booth. I'm not sure what to tell you, but can you try another pass? Said by an audio engineer who doesn't know what to tell you when you're flat, sharp, numb, or for whatever reason you need another pass. Why can't you pay attention to me instead of your stupid music? (laughs) Said by somebody in a stressful phone call or anything else in a stressful phone call. The last example is... Yep, silence after you just performed your best song brilliantly, but it was before the wrong audience. Here are your workarounds. Avoid these voices, at least during these situations. In the studio, make sure someone in your audio production team really knows how to help you get your vocals right. Or better yet, get my book, Singing in the Studio, which I'll leave in the podcast notes, and be prepared to give yourself advice. Surprising point number eight humidity or the lack thereof. Or I guess I could have just said weather. I've done some of my best singing in the rain, under a tarp, of course, and I choke on dry Midwest air. But others are bothered by humidity and do better in Phoenix in the summer. Where we grow up can acclimate our voices to certain weather. And of course, personal allergy susceptibilities can affect us too. The workarounds for this point. Know yourself and be prepared. If your voice is a humidity lover like mine and you have to perform in Tahoe, be sure that you have a humidifier in your room and diluted pineapple juice on stage. If your voice doesn't like the rain and gets too gunked up with too much humidity, stay inside as much as possible in filtered air and raise the level of your internal hydration, meaning drink more water, to thin out the phlegm. Speaking of which, let's go to surprising factor number nine, congested lymph nodes. When not even a good warm-up and correct technique is working, it could be that you have unusually congested lymph nodes. When excessive lymph fluid builds up, it can cause problems in your neck, your throat, your larynx, and your sinuses, and therefore in your voice. Here's a workaround for lymph node congestion. A student of mine recently asked me to suggest something for her mysterious vocal limitations. And after talking to her, I asked her to try the self-lymph drainage massage that was created by Heather Wibble's LMT. Her video on doing this is embedded in my blog post on getting mucus off vocal cords. It worked like a charm for my student. And yes, I'll put the link to that video and Heather Wibbles in the podcast notes. Surprising factor number 10, back problems. Your spinal curve affects your breathing. It also affects your throat because the top of your spine is your cervical vertebra. And if it's forward, it's going to partially obstruct your throat channel. If you have scoliosis, pronounced sway back, bent over or a humped upper back, or problems with pinched discs, all of this can limit your breathing, your open throat, and your performance focus. Here are workarounds for this factor. First, get to the bottom of your spinal dysfunction or misalignment. It's so important to get your spine in great shape that I always make a point to get a chiropractic adjustment the morning before any important vocal I do, and I've done that for years. Secondly, if your habit is to slump, become aware of that and stop it. Change that habit. You may need to strengthen your back muscles and your core abdominal muscles. You may want to get some kind of brace or posture reminder to help you become aware. Try wall work when you sing. Put your back against the wall, head and heels touching it. And finally, the 11th surprising factor I'm going to give you that might limit your voice, it's when your face and heart are missing. If your face is habitually in ventriloquist mode with your eyes still and your jaw frozen, and you aren't communicating to one heart, your voice will be weak and or tight And your vocal range and control and other things will be limited. In one of my most recent and rewarding cases, a teenage boy asked me to teach him how to talk with a louder voice. He just didn't feel like he was being heard by people that he worked with and his family. He explained this with a rather frozen face, and the issue became clear pretty quickly. Here are the workarounds we did. I introduced his voice to his face. After doing some biofeedback work, he activated his eyes and opened his jaw more freely, like he was really talking to somebody. I introduced him to the main thing, as you guys that follow this podcast probably have heard me say a bunch of times, (laughs) focusing a message to one specific heart. His voice responded immediately, and when he contacted me about the second lesson, he was just thrilled. His mama, in fact, had asked him why he was talking so loud. (laughs) He's doing videos to encourage others, and I am so thrilled to have provided a little bit of wind beneath his wings, because I think Ryan Stewart, aka Rye Robbio, is going to go on and change the world for the better. You'll find a link to his video in my podcast notes. Well, I hope this episode has given you a little more food for thought next time you run into a vocal issue. If you need specific help, you can always find me at judyrodman.com. And if you like this, please leave me a review where you heard it, or simply go to ratethispodcast.com slash ATV. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time on All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, and studio producers.